0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Simply Authentic. My name is Jen Stickney and I'm the host of the Simply Authentic podcast. I created this podcast as a way to share tips, lessons, ideas, and experiences that I've had around creating a life full of prosperity. I believe that we all have the ability to create the life that we desire. What that means or what that life ultimately looks like is different for each of us. So it's my hope that this podcast may provide a different perspective or something to ponder from time to time. This week, we've been talking with Ben Stickney about how to have difficult conversations. Today's episode is the final episode in a two-part series on this topic. If you missed part one, I encourage you to go back and listen to that episode first so that you can experience the full picture of the steps Ben has outlined around how to mentally and emotionally prepare for difficult conversations, as well as the process he uses to ensure that both sides can exit the conversation successfully. In this final part in this series, we'll pick up where we left off to find out what exactly takes place in these difficult conversations and how you can apply these techniques, not just to the workplace, but also to your personal life and your relationships. So you've got the meeting scheduled and you've done some prep work to prepare yourself mentally and emotionally for this meeting so that you're prepared for how they're gonna to react to it or how they could react to it. What, what kind of things take place in those meetings? The actual conversation, the difficult part of those conversations.
1: Yeah, I always start with positives. I always start with, I want to thank you for everything that that you've been doing on this project. I, I point out specific events that they may not have known that I knew about. I targeted on making sure that they feel comfortable. And I'm not looking for a dopamine fix. I'm not looking for them to get excited and and happy about it. I want them to be comfortable with the fact that I recognize they're doing good work. So it's not just an attack. It's right.
0: It's like that. Uh, do you use that, that sandwiching bad news with good news? Have you heard it, of that? Technique? Yes.
1: Yeah. And it, it it kind of folds right into that. It's very much similar. And I don't remember the the exact um, terms around that, but it, it's the same principle. It's, you're talking about good there's a little bit of bad, and then what are you gonna do to correct it on the on, on the outside of that? So then that forms a sandwich. I think that's what you're talking about, right? Okay. So yeah, it's, it's basically the same thing. Um, and again, when you sit down, you need to remove judgment. And it's not just from you that you need to remove judgment from. You have to help them to remove judgment as well. Because once you get through the positives, you gotta prepare yourself, because you're gonna be blamed. You're having the conversation. They're going to blame you if it turns a negative. That's okay. It's expected.
0: So that's the judgment that you're talking about. Is, right. is okay. So recognizing when they're in that
1: state yep. of judgment is when it kind of you know fires back, and they're when when they're deflecting over to other areas or back onto you about what you did. That's that's that area of negativity and judgment that you don't want to be in, and you got to be pre- you, you need to be prepared for it. Okay. It'll it'll happen.
0: Yeah, it's kind of it's mm-hmm. inevitable that yeah, you're going to have to deal with that in a, in a difficult conversation. It is. It's inevitable.
1: And and again, I go back to you know phrases like "help me understand," because that is a disarming phrase. I'm not attacking. I'm just looking to understand. Explain the situation from your seat on on what happened. Help me to understand. There's situations where you need to kind of be on the, on the balls of your feet, so to speak. Um, You got to be ready to react. And they go small me and big me so often in these conversations, it's hard to kind of keep them focused. But phrases like help me understand, phrases like, uh, what else do I use? Um, I really appreciate that you've, you've done this or you took this initiative, but You know, it might be better if we can work together on a different communication style or, you know, helping me understand how we can better this process so it works more for you. Give them, I don't like olive branches, I don't like the term olive branches, but give them olive branches to respond more positively. Right. You know, give them the opportunity to recommend, urge them to recommend change.
0: So... You want them as part of the solution and not just the issue that needs to be fixed.
1: Yeah, we want to engage their mind in in a better solution that fits them. We want them engaged in improving the process. And you can look at this whole scenario and, and any of these difficult conversations as continuous improvement. A lot of people use a continuous improvement lifecycle or methodology around their software or, you know, their packages or software tools or, you know, it's always a thing, but you can use continuous improvement around people too. And you want them engaged in that. You want them coming to the table with ideas and you want to be open enough to listen to their ideas and really adjust to their needs as well. If it's, if it's better for the team overall, then it's a great idea. Why wouldn't we do it?
0: There's actually a conversation. I don't remember if you recall it, but there was a conversation that, um, my stepmother's brother, We, you and I were, were talking about something and, and he stepped in and, and I said, oh, it's okay, he's just venting. And he looked over at me and said, that's great, but you have to be able to allow him to do that. Because I was already on that defensive, that, that judgmental thing, and it's so easy to fall into that. I wasn't it trying is. to be judgmental. Yeah. I didn't even realize I was doing it myself. <laughs> it took somebody else to say, that's great that he's venting, but you have to allow him to do that. And you have to be able to listen without throwing your, your thoughts and your comments and your own judgments back at
1: them. I agree 100%. And that's really one of the challenges of having these types of conversations. And that's why we take that time up front. That's why I take that time up front to put myself in the right mindset. I can't react to what they're saying. If, right. if I put a process in place and they're not following it, I need to understand why they're not following it and if we can improve the process not how dare you not follow my process it's my process you gotta dismiss all of that and you have to work with them to truly get to a happy place for the entire team you have to holistically solve the overall problem
0: and you have to be willing to listen to what they're saying before you throw in your opinions and your thoughts and you kind of have to just sit back and not interject because if you don't let them get their thoughts out, then it becomes this immediate, well, I didn't finish, so you don't know what I was going to say.
1: Something I try to do in these meetings, uh, in any of these conversations, whether it's with a client or with anybody else, I, before I speak, if something comes to mind, before I speak, I ask myself, should I listen or should I talk? The goal is to listen more than we are talking. In these conversations, we want to hear what they have to say. We want to understand their perspective. We want to understand what they need. And then together, we can brainstorm on moving forward. So the goal is to listen more than we talk.
0: And these are, this isn't just something that you can apply to business and a work environment. This is something that you can apply to personal relationships. I mean, this is like good reminders for you and I or anybody else that's in a conversation where one person is feeling something and the other person sees, you know, something else. And the ability to just allow each other to speak without. learning how to be a good listener is kind of what I'm good at. It's really difficult to do that and set aside our own emotions and our judgments and to be in that higher brain mentality while these difficult conversations are going on because we have to deal with difficult conversations in all areas of our life
1: absolutely but
0: we're never really taught how to have them
1: try to do it with a toddler
0: <laughs> and but even today with all of the technology and and kids who have phones and you know devices they don't know how to have these conversations
1: they don't know how to engage Right. That's and honestly relationship building happens in all the times that people are looking at their phones, all those in-between times, between meetings, between meals at the dinner table. That's when relationship building happens. That's when we start to learn those tools. And then you're absolutely right. Using this kind of process in your everyday life huge impact because you're you're giving yourself and and whoever you're having that conversation the ability and the time to work together through the issue. And actually, one of my instructors for a class I took a while ago, him and, and his wife have this rule that they both have really high stress jobs. He's a surgeon and, and I don't remember what she does. But th- if it's after 7 p.m. at night, they cannot have a serious conversation. Huh? They table it for The next day, or when they're both in the right mindset, when they can both be open to that. After a long, exhausting day, you might not be able to get your mind in the right place to have a serious conversation.
0: Right, because sometimes sometimes we're just not capable of that. Our bodies, it, we're exhausted. We, we need
1: rest. We, we need, need rest. to recharge and we need to prepare ourselves to have those conversations. So you gotta be in the right mindset. I kind of like that rule. <laughs> so After <do> 7
0: <laughs> p.m., no more serious conversations. So do I. Table it for the next day. That's That's awesome. So I'm going to put you on the spot here for a second. Do you happen to recall any of the trainings that you may have received regarding some of these thoughts that you have shared today? Do you have any of those that you know of that you would recommend for people
1: I, we can certainly follow up with some links. I can get you some information, but okay, some be of the fantastic. some of the tools that jump into my mind right away is the breathing. Breathing's one auto- automatically. You have to breathe. Get your mind in the right place. Another one is pause. I think there's there's pause, act, and something else. But the the pause is the key point. In most conversations, people are so anxious to get a response out, even if they don't have the right response. And something we always say to our kids is. Think about what you want to say and then say it. Right. We need to pause. We need to pause and think through our response to ensure that it's not judgmental, to ensure that it's not small me, to ensure that it's holistically the best approach for what we are trying to do. Pausing is an awesome tool and there is nothing wrong with a few moments of pause in a conversation.
0: Yeah. And it's important to remember, even for you and I, our our dynamic, I am not quick to think on my feet, especially when I'm in a, in a stressful situation, such as a difficult conversation. Yeah. I can't really get my thoughts out the way that they make sense to me. And I'll say things that just either make the situation worse or they're just not quite what I meant um, because I'm trying to think too quickly on my feet. And I think it's important then to allow people time. So if you wanna say, hey, we need to have this conversation. And if during that conversation, the other person is struggling it may be beneficial to allow them to take some time gather your thoughts and then let's set up another meeting and we'll talk about this again
1: yeah and there's nothing wrong with doing that even in, in our household mm-hmm. I mean it, we can absolutely schedule more time in the future some of the other tools that we can point to are, are really some of the things we've already talked about but you know making sure that that you're assuming good intentions that's a tool. Yeah. You know, mentally tell yourself, they, they mean no harm. They're, they're trying to help. If you go, if you assume positivity, assume good intentions, you're gonna have a different conversation. If you assume that they were out to do bad, it's gonna be a negative conversation, it's not gonna go anywhere.
0: And I think also realizing that sometimes in these conversations, we don't have the whole picture. We may not know what's going on for the other person, you know, mentally or in their personal lives or whatever that may have affected their work, or the stuff that they have going on. That's also another key, I think, to keep in mind when you're having these difficult conversations or when these things pop up that require a difficult conversation, instead of jumping on them and, and you know attacking, you get, remember that you don't have the whole picture. Right. And so, like you were saying, to assume that they meant well and that their intention was to do good, You know, giving them the benefit of the doubt rather than
1: assuming the worst. Absolutely. And, and part of preparing for these kinds of conversations Is really trying to gather the factual information that you can bring to the table and then you have a puzzle piece that you you have a puzzle that you can plug in other pieces to you can work with them to solve what's really going on what's missing and obviously some of these conversations happen confidential confidentially right but just the same you need to have an open and trusting conversation and that same level of trust we've talked about trust before that trust has to be there that I'm going to look out for your best interests and I'm going to trust that you have good intentions. And together we can trust that we can solve the problem for the team to move forward in a healthy manner. And I think when people do that, the conversations become more open. They're, they're more joyful and people look forward to having those conversations because then you're not talking about corrective action. You're, you're talking about something that didn't quite work and what we can do to make it work better it's a continuous improvement and we're all striving to be a better us so we want to prepare for these conversations
0: yeah well, thank you. This has been I think rather insightful for all of our listeners. It has been for me. It's been a good conversation uh, about how to have those difficult conversations that we face whether we're in business or we have families, you know, spouses. This is good information that I think all of us can benefit from and just the reminders to not be judgmental and to be in that higher brain and to listen. I think the skill of learning how to listen is an important one that we really are never taught.
1: It's probably the most underutilized skill people have today
0: yeah so thank you again for sharing your time and i will include links for those who would like more information i will create a blog post out on my simply yes website related to this particular podcast session thanks again for joining us i appreciate your time
1: thank you very much
0: and we'll probably have you on again soon i don't know we'll come up with something else that you anytime. can share with us
1: anytime all right well,
0: thanks thanks again for listening Of this episode i'd love if you left a rating and review on apple podcasts when you do you help me to reach more individuals just like you so that they too can gain helpful inf- insights and ideas around creating a life full of prosperity this episode was produced and edited by me your host jen stickney using adobe audition as well as tools available at anchor.fm your one-stop shop for all of your podcasting needs